The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour of blessing. Good morning, everyone. I'm Hit Pastor Billy Han Jr. And I'd like to thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade Telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XD TV Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC Channel 13 Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8, and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV channel 28 in Eureka, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME channel 20 in Los Angeles and San Bernardino, from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KACY channel 9 in El Centro, California and Yuma, Arizona, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon, from 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada and Wyoming. As well as from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the kingdom of God for the whole world with the sign of the roof of the temple, Jesus coming soon. And I'm Mark Nikali for over 97 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August 4, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn Sr., in 1959, who continue the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent and homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. Before we continue with the program, I would like to take this time to honor and our military who have given their lives for the freedom and independence of the citizens of the United States. When life is good, the blessings are overflowing and all is well with the world. It is easy to forget the hardness of one's past. Many people, believer and unbeliever alike, 
fall into the trap of thinking that by their own strength and deed, they were able to reach personal and financial success. The sad truth is nothing happens in anyone's life without the Lord. As warriors and doers of the gospel work, every individual must remember without the Lord, they can do nothing. Praise the Lord. The faithful members of our church who are led by Emilia Hahn will sing to the Lord the loving melody entitled, Remind Me, Dear Lord. The choir will be accompanied by Edith Matsuki on the piano and Rose Pahaku Carter on the organ.
The church band, directed by yours truly, will play the number entitled, Had It Not Been. Marvin Bing, our soloist for today, has chosen to sing a beautiful poignant number that will stir your heart and move your spirit, entitled Moment by Moment. Marvin will be accompanied by myself on the piano, Iris Locke on the drums, Trustee Associate Pastor, Evans Broad Sr., Mason Asano Sr. on the guitars.
trial that he is not Thank you for that beautiful rendition, Marvin. You're invited to sing along with the church choir as they get ready to present you the song entitled No Tears in Heaven. Please join in as you see the words appear on your screen. Tears, no tears, no tears of them, sorrow and 
Members of the Apostolic Faith Church Band are gathering together and they're getting ready to play the song entitled Jesus Will Give You Rest. Our focal group known as the Daughters of Judah will sing to the Lord and to you, TV viewers and friends, the number entitled, Pray Now. This melody will stir you to get on your knees and give praise and glory to the Heavenly Father. You will be reminded of the heartaches the Lord has comforted, the blessings the Lord has bestowed upon you, and the overflowing joy and love you have received. Remember, we can never repay the Lord for all He has done for us, but we can do our best by praying for others and for this lost and dying world. It gives me great pleasure to dedicate today's song to Associate Pastor Timothy Hahn Sr. and his wonderful helpmeet, Emilia Hahn. 
To him and Emilia, the good Lord will surely continue to pour his generous blessings upon you both. May your household continue to receive his joy, comfort, and strength each and every day, and may you both have a wonderful, blessed week. Hallelujah, pray now, pray.
Hi, and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I'd like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan on residing in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XD TV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about gospel work and view our Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning a schedule of gospel services here in our home state of Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kamaki Branch Church, located at 1361 Palolo Avenue, gospel services are held at Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches. The services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanero Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Kenneth M. Alverio in Lahaina, Maui, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloy in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Cannibal Espera in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections, however, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now, I return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his Spirit-directed and Spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. We have all won victories in one way or another. Yes, viewers, we should praise and thank God for them. However, many tend to seek the Lord only in time of need. We forget the greater picture, which is our responsibility to serve and please God. We fail in this endeavor because, as humans, we tend to regard the Lord only in terms of how He can serve us and please us. At some point in time, we reverse the role of God and man. Therefore, our one step towards rectifying the existing situation is to make the reading of God's Word an important and major part of our lives. After all, His Word is a lamp unto our feet, and His Word is forever settled in heaven. I prayed, viewers, my sermon, Old Soldiers Never Die, will serve its purpose and draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and bring to memory our obligations to Him. Memorial Day is a day set aside in America for honoring the members of the armed forces who have died, defending the freedom enjoyed by all Americans and those who have fled their native lands 
to take advantage of the great opportunities and privileges found only in America, the beautiful, the land of the free and home of the brave. As we go back, the day originated during the Civil War when a Virginia woman of French descent, accompanied by others, decorated the graves of both Union and Confederate soldiers. Many think she chose May 30th because on that date, Napoleon's body was returned to France from the island of St. Helena. Therefore, we find that Memorial Day is one of the most glorious and sacred of American patriotic holidays. In May 1868, General John A. Logan, Commander-in-Chief of the Grand Army of the Republic, proclaimed that this day be utilized for decorating the graves of the Union soldiers. It was the beginning, and in the beginning it was called Decoration Day. Memorial Day is also observed with parades and loved ones, placing flowers on the graves of those who have died. Ceremonies are also held at the grave of the unknown soldier in the National Cemetery at Arlington, Virginia. In France, graves of American soldiers who fought in World War I and II are decorated by both Frenchmen and Americans. Thanks be to God for the freedom we enjoy because others fought and died to make our freedom secure. One day Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon the leper. While Simon, his family, and Jesus were there, a woman came in with an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, which was the most costly oil then in existence. Mary broke the narrow neck of the small flask in order to pour the perfume on the head of Jesus. Some of those at the table were indignant about her actions. In John, we find that it was Judas Iscariot who began the murmuring. We read in John 12, 6, this he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bear what was put therein. Jesus tells us in Mark 14, 7 through 9, For ye have the poor with you always, and whensoever ye will, ye may do them good, but me ye have not always. She had done what she could. She has come aforehand to anoint my body to the burying. Verily I say unto you, whosoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done shall be spoken for a memorial of her. The deed of Mary, which occurred approximately 2,000 years ago, is still full of fragrance. The story of her love and devotion had spread all over the face of the earth. Speaking about memorial, we read in Acts 10, 1 through 2, there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. Cornelius, a Roman centurion, was a Gentile. Gentiles were despised by the Jews, who considered them in outs as outcasts, away from God, and not privileged to enjoy his blessings. About three o'clock in the afternoon, he saw a vision from God, and an angel came and said, Cornelius, thy prayers and thy alms are come up from a memorial before God. And now send men to fetch Peter. Now the Lord was working with Peter, while he was praying at about 12 noon, he became hungry and would have eaten, but he fell into a trance. We read the 11th to the 15th verses, And saw heaven opened, and a certain vessel descending unto him, as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners, and let down to the earth, wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth, and wild beasts, and creeping things, and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter. 
kill and eat. But Peter said, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. In the law of Moses, the Israelites were commanded that they not eat of certain unclean animals. Peter always obeyed the law, but God was trying to teach Peter a lesson which he eventually learned. However, Peter doubted this vision. When God asks his children to do his bidding, he goes before and prepares a way. That is why those who do his will can never go astray. While Peter pondered the vision, three men from Cornelius came to him and explained why they were there. The next day, they journeyed to Caesarea to meet Cornelius. We read the 25th, 26 verses. And as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter took him up, saying, Stand up. I myself also am a man. And Peter told Cornelius, It is unlawful for a Jew to keep company with one of another nation. But God showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Then Peter opened his mouth and spoke. Let us read verses 34 to 35, 38 to 39. Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. Now God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Notice that all the disciples, not just those who had seen the Lord Jesus in body, were to be witnesses of the things which were told. Then Peter preached in power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit, reading the 43rd and the 44th verses to him, that is Jesus, give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Remission means to pardon or forgive. The only condition, whosoever believeth in him, not them. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard. Thus we see the Gentiles receive the Holy Spirit immediately in the house of Cornelius. When they believed and spoke with tongues, just as the Jews did on the day of Pentecost, before they were baptized in Jesus' name. There was a special reason for giving the Gentiles the sign of speaking in tongues, as proof that they had received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Receiving the same sign which was first given to the Jews was also proof to the Jews that God had accepted the Gentiles just as he had accepted the Jewish believers at Pentecost. Now the Jewish believers were astonished because the Gentiles received the Holy Spirit like the Jews did. Then answered Peter in the 47, 48 verses, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days Thus we find this uh, wonder-working miracle and a memorial unto God effected through the prayers of Cornelius. The Holy Spirit will not save anyone, but the name of Jesus will. It was Jesus who shed his blood on the cross for the sins of the world, and only in the name of Jesus can one receive remission of sins. 
is the lone savior for this lost and dying world. The church at Philippi, the church at Corinth, the church at Ephesus, and the church at Galatia were all baptized into Christ. We read in Galatians 3:27, For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ, the Colossians were buried with him in baptism too. Listen to Colossians 2:12, Buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him, through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. We read in John 3, 5, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. What does it mean to be born of water? To be born of water is to be immersed in water in the name of Jesus Christ, according to Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. To be born of the Spirit is to speak in an unknown tongue or language, which is the only verification of receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It was baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Without exception, why is the name of Jesus Christ so important? Acts 4.12 instructs us, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It is a name which is above every name in heaven and in earth, and of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Naturally, there is a burning question in many today as to the use of Matthew 28:19. Go we therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. The truth is, there is not one record of an apostle baptizing a convert repeating the words in Matthew 28, 19. The name Jesus must be mentioned to fulfill all righteousness. Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost are merely titles. There is no promise of remission of sins or the promise of the Holy Ghost or the gift of healing in Matthew 28, 19. The word name is in the singular, not plural. And his name is Jesus, as we read in Colossians 2.9. For in him, that is in Christ Jesus, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Again, to make certain, Paul says in Colossians 3.17, And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. You are not slighting the Father, but giving glory to Him through the name of Jesus Christ. Yes, TV viewers, when you are baptized according to Acts 2.38, you are fulfilling Matthew 28.19 by being baptized in the name, not titles. We also refer to 1 John 2.22-23, which says, Who is a liar but he that denied that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denied the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. There are three manifestations, but one true God. Now let us focus upon another memorial, which is called the Passover. Today, we refer to it as the Lord's Supper. The Passover is a type of Christ, our Redeemer. We read in Luke 22, 7 through 8, then came the day of unleavened bread, when the Passover must be killed. 
And he sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare us the Passover that we may eat. We find that the Passover, or the Last Supper, was held in the upper room where the 120 tarried for the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. We read the 15 to the 16 verses. And he said unto them, With desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. This was the last true Passover. The Passover celebrated God's deliverance of his people from the power and bondage of Egypt. Therefore, the Lord gave a new memorial supper, the Lord's Supper, the purpose of which was to remember him and show his death until he came again. This was a memorial of a more wonderful deliverance, the deliverance of the sinner from the bondage and power of sin and the devil. Here also he took his people out from the old covenant or testament into the new, as you read in the 20th verse. Likewise, also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new testament in my blood, which is shed for you. The disciples met together on the first day, Sunday, for their worship and breaking of bread. On Saturday, the Lord Jesus lay in the tomb. On Sunday, he rose triumphantly over death, hell, and the grave. Reading Acts 20, verse 7, And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. Listen to 1 Corinthians 10, 16-17. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we being many are one bread and one body, for we are all partakers of that one bread. This refers to the commemoration of the Lord's Supper, in which the cup and bread which we break express the true union of all believers and speaks of the Savior's blood, shed and his body given for us all. We continue reading verses 22 to 22. He cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. He cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and the table of devils. Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? Definitely not. We read 2 Corinthians 6, 17 to 18. Wherefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you and will be a father unto you. And he shall be my sons and daughters, said the Lord Almighty. The context proves that these scriptures refer to a separation from all which is unclean, that is, unholy things and evil people. That is on one side of separation, and the Christian is also to be separated but to God. A person living in the world cannot live entirely apart from the evil in the world. After all, we are not yet boarding in heaven, but a Christian must refuse to participate in anything that is evil. It was the world which crucified the Christian Savior. And not until the Christian lives this truly separated life can he have full fellowship with God, his heavenly Father, and not until then will his service bear fruit for the Lord. Listen to 1 Corinthians eleven twenty. When he come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. The early Christians held a love feast before the Lord's Supper, and the food they each brought was shared by all. Some were greedy and selfish, however, and this caused a bad spirit for the remembrance feast which followed. Partaking of the Lord's Supper is in remembrance of His precious blood shed for the remission of sins. 
The Lord's Supper should be partaken only by those whose faith is in Christ, and it is to continue until he comes. We read verses 26 to 28. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. This feast is the second ordinance of the church. The first is baptism. It is a very serious to think the Lord's Supper if there's something wrong between you and God, as he tells us in verses 31, 32, for if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. This means that all true born-again believers must examine themselves and confess their sins before God, that they be put away and escape judgment. Some years ago, General MacArthur made a speech and quoted the old army song, Old Soldiers Never Die. But I'm not here to talk about the general, but of another soldier in the Lord, a soldier of the cross. He is the Apostle Paul. He realized he had but a short time left because he would soon die. But he knew his soul, his spirit, the real Paul, would live forever with Jesus. Yes, old soldiers in the Lord never die. They live forever. There was a time Paul hated Jesus and the cross, and he fought against Christianity. But one day, the captain of his salvation stopped him on the dusty Damascus road and spoke to him. Reading Acts 9 to 3, 6, and he journeyed, and he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Now the men that were with him heard the voice as he sound, but did not hear the voice articulating the words, Saul, Saul, and so forth. And the Lord spoke to Ananias, we read in the 11th and 12th verses, Arise, and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth, and had seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in, and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Paul was a chosen vessel for the Lord and suffered greatly for his name's sake. Ananias laid hands on Paul and he was filled with the Holy Ghost and was baptized. From that day on, he became the greatest and most effective soldier Jesus ever had. Paul said a soldier in the Lord must not entangle himself with the affairs of this life, as you read 2 Timothy 2 4. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who had chosen him to be a soldier. That's the trouble too many saints are mixed up with the things of this world. Yes, viewers, when you are too busy to do something for God, you are busier than God wants you to be. Put Jesus first in your life and everything else will fall in place. A good soldier must endure hard times as Paul did. And like Paul, 
rejoiced in his suffering for Christ's sake. Paul's life was marked by the highest loyalty to his great commander, Christ Jesus. We read in 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter, the seventh verse, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Will you be able to say at the end like Paul, I have fought a good fight? I hope so. Paul goes on to say, I have finished my course. Life is just like a racetrack. Paul laid aside every weight and every besetting sin and ran the race with patience. Yes, viewers, God has a course for you to run. Also, and you ought to say, Lord, what would thou have me to do? Good question. There's so much to do in the house of the Lord and so little time in which to do it. Next, Paul says, I have kept the faith. Can you say that when your time comes? Jesus tells us in Matthew 24, 13, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Finally, Paul says, the time of my departure is at hand and I am ready to be offered. He knew he was not going to die a natural death, but that he would be slain. Thus, it was time to hoist the anchor and move off over the ocean. When a ship sails out of one harbor, it anchors in another. Paul knew when he moved out of this life, he would cross the ocean of death and anchor his soul forever in that holy city of God. If you'd like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review the telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hall of His hands. Playing their final number for today will be the church band, and the number they've chosen to play for today is entitled, Look to the Lamb of God.
program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.